Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of James Talks and we've got another guest with us today. Um, today we have Lauren Wall with us uh, from, um, was it, feministfaith.com. She's a, um, a blogger and a writer and she's a speaker and she goes to college in Texas. And she's talking, she's talking to us from Texas right now um, in a coffee shop. So, Very far away. <laughs> yeah. So welcome, um, Lauren. It's great to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to have you here. That's fantastic. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Tell us a bit. Of, tell us a bit of your story and background and like who you are and uh, stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was born and raised in Texas, <laughs> and um, I am a biblical studies major at ECU at the college I go to, um, and I'm also a feminist, and I blog about both of those worlds, about feminism and Christianity, and just where they intersect and how those worlds interact with each other, um, especially because I don't think they interact as much as they should. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I want to do just with my life somehow is bring feminism into the church and into ministry context more. Um, and I was raised with a church of Christ background. Um, and so that's kind of my roots. That's, you know, the place that always calls me home. I like to say, um, and as I've gotten older and kind of developed my own faith, um, I've started to just explore how, I don't know, just what I believe and how my beliefs um, match up with my feminist beliefs, which are also just a part of my roots. Um, my mom is a feminist, and my sister, I have two sisters, and they're both just very um, strong, independent women. And, um, yeah, so those are kind of my passions, and that's that's what my blog is about, and that's kind of, I think, how I got connected to you, James, and um, how I ended up here. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's kind of... It's a little bit of my background. I'm a college student, 22. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Still so, so, things on my life. <laughs> so, kind of, so, what has kind of shaped your kind of faith kind of background? What kind? I mean, you talked about the church that you're part of. What kind of perspectives on faith is that kind? Of, how has that shaped your your own kind of spiritual journey? And how has that kind of bisected with the obviously the feminist stuff that you've So I was raised in a more conservative church environment, um, and the Church of Christ is kind of known for being um, very, holding very heavily to um, the scriptures, and also known for not being the most progressive in terms of what women can do. (laughs) Yeah. and, and I, I like to think that's changing some. Um, I think it just depends. You know, everything is a spectrum, and I think it just depends what Church of Christ you're in. You're in. Um, but I was also raised at home with feminist perspectives. So it's interesting that even though I was raised in the Church of Christ, I never really thought women couldn't do anything. Um, but I also never saw women doing a lot in church because I al- always had um, male preachers, um, male elders, the men would always serve communion. They would just do everything. And women would always do more stereotypical things like cooking and, um, Mm. you know, teaching the two year olds class and things like that. Um, 
And so as I got older and I started to go on mission trips in high school, because I also went to um, a Christian middle school and high school and um, started getting more involved with my youth group, um, which really molded and shaped who I am, I think, now. I started to realize that I had these passions for the church and for, um, for ministry work and started thinking, okay, so when I'm going to go to college, like, what am I going to do? And started looking at a lot of um, Bible departments. And I think my parents were a little nervous because they were like, well, you're a girl. Like, do you think you're going to be able to find a job? And it wasn't, they, they never told me I couldn't do anything. I think they more just knew how the church environments usually are. And so that just made them nervous. <laughs> they were like, well, of course you can do anything you want. But a lot of people are going to tell you that you can't. Um, and so I actually didn't start out as a Bible major cause I just didn't know a lot of girls or women that were leaders in, in churches or in ministry contexts. Um, and I started out at Texas A&M as an anthropology major, <laughs> <laughs> which is just, uh, not ministry related, but it is the study of like people and cultures, which <laughs> is similar, I guess, to ministry cause you deal with people and, yeah, um, sure. you know, a lot. <laughs> And and when I was there, I started discovering just that I loved learning about people and about the world and about different cultures. Um, But I also still loved ministry work. And I I started leading a Bible study um, at A&M at a church that I was involved with there. And I just loved it. And I just was so confused because I was like, I can do this and I love doing this, but why... Why don't I know women who do these things? Mm. Um, And so then I started, um, I actually had a different blog at that time. Um, And I started blogging my freshman year of college because, um, because I started just having a lot of doubts about my faith and a lot of, um, you know, I started discovering other denominations and other people that believe different things than I did. And I just started blogging about it just, I think, as a way to, like, process, just mentally process, and then also as a way to um, try to find other people who were like me that were having doubts and having questions and, you know, questioning, well, why can't women do things and why, why does the Bible say this and how do you reconcile all of the hard scriptures about women being silent and... Um, you know, women not being elders and all of the, the passages that are used to kind of keep women in certain places. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was through, it was kind of in that time and through just blogging and discovering other bloggers that I started finding people like Sarah Bessie, um, Rachel Held Evans, um, Nadia Bowles Weber, just a lot of really strong women who were Christians, but they were also feminists, and I had never really seen those two um, worlds interact at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like I said, my mom is a feminist and is also a Christian, but um, I just never, I don't know, we didn't, I guess she taught me a lot about feminism, but we never really talked about, like, feminism in the Bible or feminism and like, Christianity and how those two worlds could uh, could work together. Mm. Um, and so I think up until I discovered other people who were Christian feminists, I always kind of thought that the two were separate. Like, I didn't think they could work together very well. 
Um, and so I had a pretty good background in feminism. I think just going into college and then as I got into college, I just started reading a lot of like womanist criticism and um, discovering a lot of black authors and, um, and Latina feminists just kind of on my own. Um, and then through reading other people's blogs, I started realizing, oh, like women can actually do things in church and they can actually be leaders and they can be smart. And, um, and then I started... Well, so then I actually transferred um, to ACU and became a Bible major, <laughs> and that's what I've been doing for two years, and I'm graduating in December, um, and I think in the past two years, I've really discovered that I love teaching, um, and I love teaching about the Bible and teaching about how to study the Bible, um, and I still love ministry and I still love feminism and I'm still figuring out what I'm going to do in the future <laughs> and how those things are going to all work together. Um, but yeah, so I guess that's kind of how I got to where I am and how my faith, but also my feminism has molded who I am as a person. And I think for me, it was a lot of just realizing that there are people out there who are paving the way for, mm. for women to to speak their voices and to be heard and to you know use their lives for more than just um, being mothers and you know I mean if I well I, I am getting married but um, like I would like to have kids in the future but it's just great to realize that that's not like my only that's not the only thing I can do with my life I can do mm. a lot of different things with my life and especially in the church oh, fantastic yeah <laughs> So just to... Sorry, that was kind of a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's awesome. I love tangents. Um, I just, I just wondered, like, because you talked about the fact that you're a feminist and brought up a feminist, and your mum's a feminist. And what do you? What would you kind of? Do? There's lots of definitions of feminism out there, like yes. <laughs> especially like in the Christian world. Um, there are, um, and it tends to be um, a negative word in the Christian world. I've discovered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I kind of after reading um, Jesus Feminist. Um, yeah, it's so good. I, yeah, I know. I love that book. Um, Me too. And uh, I kind of felt like, because I've always been an advocate for um, gender equality in church. I'm quite passionate about it. I blogged about it and put some, yeah. put some Bible stuff about it up on my blog as well and kind of supported equality for women. And I, to, I go to a church which is you know egalitarian and we have women leaders and women preachers and everything like that, <laughs> um, you know, and... Um, so I've always been quite passionate about that. So after reading Jesus Feminist, I kind of thought, well, in that de kind of serious definition of, of, of feminism, I kind of count myself as a kind of Jesus Feminist, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm just interested to see what your, defi what your definition what, what of feminism would be. Yeah. Um, so it's actually really interesting because I, I was a feminist before I realized that, like, my faith could also work hand in hand with my feminism. So I kind of view them and like you have feminism and then you have Christian feminists, which I just think, I don't know, I think your faith can enforce different parts of your feminism. But so I guess just a feminist to me is just um, somebody who believes in the equality of the sexes um, in all aspects. Um, but I think also it's, it's a certain perspective because um, I think you know, you also have womanism, which is an intersectional um, aspect of feminism that is from a black woman's perspective, because there are a lot of um, stereotypes and 
a, there's oppression that black women experience that like white women don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have feminism as like this big umbrella, I think that kind of encompasses all of the different kinds of oppression. Um, and then you have male feminists who also believe in equality, but who aren't women. So they don't like experience the same oppression that women mm, do, yeah, you know? Sure. Um, so, but I think, I guess just a general term of feminism is somebody that believes in the equality of, of all people in all aspects of life. Um, <laughs> kind of a simple definition, but then also because I'm a Christian, I also believe that, um, Trying to think of how to summarize this because it's like such a big discussion. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. Yeah, no, please huge. just elaborate. Yeah, I feel a bit elaborate. I want to discuss this. Really, it's really want to get to the. Uh, yeah, get into and there are this. just so many, so many different um, ways you could go. You know, but um, for me, my my faith enforces my feminism because I also believe that in Jesus we are all one, and that because of you know the spirit of Christ there are no barriers and there are no like hierarchies. Um, and I, you know, the whole Christian story is about laying down power and laying down privilege Mm. and, um, and washing each other's feet. And I just think that, um, you know, if you look at how Jesus treats women and Sarah Betsy talks about this and she's feminist, but Jesus treated women so counterculturally, um, he, he didn't engage with the patriarchal culture of that time, which is still, like, really prominent in a lot of everywhere. Um, you know, patriarchy is still very, very prominent all over the world today. And so I think to be a Christian feminist means to think, how can I, how can I empower people because of my Christian faith? And how can I set down privilege? And how can I set down power? And how can I see all people as equal because that's what Jesus did, right? Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's to summarize. And then I guess, you know, one of the common scriptures that a lot of people use is Galatians 3.28, which talks about how there are no, there are no distinctions, you know? There's not, um, there's not Jew or Gentile. There's no slave or free, male or female, all <laughs> all of the dichotomies there um like there's just no distinction because yeah. in because of the spirit of christ we're all just the same we're all children of god we're all gifted and and um we're all loved we're all made to love and be loved and yeah for me that's how those two worlds work together <laughs> fantastic so i mean how does that work how does that work out in your kind of in your day-to-day life i mean in your I and mean, in kind of uh, your church life as well, like, um, how does kind of your faith in your feminism kind of inform kind of your, I and mean, where, where does that get demonstrated? I mean, outside of your, your blog, obviously, I mean, um, sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, I think one way that I'm constantly having to engage with my faith and my feminism is just in school because I'm a Bible major and I'm a female Bible major. And, um, a long time ago, like, I don't know, 50 years or so ago, um, women were not actually allowed to um, do all of the same things as men at my university. <laughs> and things have changed, obviously, but, like, one of my professors um, was actually the first female Bible major. Wow. And now she's a professor there, which is awesome. <laughs> mm, that is awesome, yeah. 
but so like a long time ago when or even when she was there she wasn't allowed to take preaching classes um but now women can and so last semester yeah last spring I got to take preaching and it was like me and one other girl and all these guys (laughs) um I don't know we we joked about it a lot because it was just we were like we're in this together like I don't know or I would always look at her when I was preaching because that was just really encouraging to me to see another girl in there um, and she, she actually has a Methodist background and wants to be a preacher and she's just fantastic. Um, but so yeah, I think for me in school, it's like taking those classes and, and speaking up to, like, I think a lot of times I, I get really nervous to, to just speak my mind about, um, really anything, but especially when it comes to, um, my beliefs about women in the church, because um, all my classes are very male-heavy. Like, I took Synoptic Gospels um, last fall, and I was the only girl in the class. Um, and, you know, I know all those guys are, or I, I hope, I think, <laughs> that they're on my side, and, like, they want me there, but when you're the only girl, it can feel very intimidating, I think, but I think you just have to to empower yourself and push through that and believe that you can do it. Um, and so that's, that's how I engage it with just school, just keep going (laughs) and believe that you really can do it. And that God has, that God can work in your life just as much as he can work in the guy beside you's life. Mm. Um, and then there are ways that I live this out with my fiance, Dylan. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're going to talk about that story in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, actually, Dylan and I, like, our relationship is one of the biggest areas that feminism kind of takes flat, like takes form um, in my life because relationships are one of those areas that, like, there are just so many ways to do them. <laughs> yeah. And there are a lot of expectations on relationships. Um, and... There are a lot of assumptions that come with them. And so I think for us, we have to be just really intentional in just every aspect of our relationship. Um, so we just got engaged. <laughs> yeah, so tell us, a, yeah, yes, that's really great. Really happy for you. I read, I read the blog, there's a blog post on uh, Lauren's blog about the story of how they got engaged. But um, yeah, so just tell us that story because it's, that's and tell fun. us, tell us what, what, tell us about the day. Then tell then kind of talk, talk us through like why you did what you did and how, yeah. yeah, and maybe some um, stuff for other people as well. Like, so even even from our beginning, um, just the moment we started dating was just not very traditional. Because <laughs> I actually asked him out, um, which you know a lot of people would just I don't know. I think a lot of guys would either be intimidated by that, or a lot of people would think that that's just like wrong. Like the guy's supposed to ask the girl out if it's like a heterosexual relationship, but really from the beginning, our story was just not traditional in any way. Um, and we have been dating, let's see, in November, November 11th, or no, sorry, November 9th. (laughs) Um, we've been dating one year. And so we dated this whole past year and really before that he was already my best friend. So we, I don't know, it was just really great to get to know, him before we started dating because then once we started dating I already knew we were on the same page with the things that we both find important yeah um and 
really our whole time we were dating, we just were intentional about um, about doing things the way that we believe them and not the way like society tells us to do them. Um, so we don't base anything off of gender roles. Um, when it came to like paying for dates, we would a lot of times just like split the check or we would just like take turns. Like I paid for it last time. You want to get it today? Or, um, and I don't know. I think really we're just not very stereotypical anyway. Like Dylan's very fashionable and, um, I really don't care <laughs> about fashion all that much and, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't feel like we even fit a lot of people's like boxes, which is kind of great. It's really freeing. Um, and I'm actually taller than he is. And for some reason that is just like a huge deal for a lot of people. Like it's the first thing they notice, mm. which is kind of awful. And, and he and I don't care. Like we're, we're past that, but it's just, it's kind of funny at this point to, to watch how many people bring it up. Like, yeah. It's all. <laughs> It, yeah, it was it was really hard at first because it was just so like annoying. But now we just we're like whatever, like it's fine. And we kind of joke about it now. But um, it's yeah, people would just point it out and or they would just comment on it, and it's just I don't know that that just makes me insecure, and then I think it, it would make him feel insecure sometimes. And so anyway, just kind of by who we are, we just already um, defy a lot of stereotypes. Um, and then when it came to our engagement, um, he knew from the beginning that I didn't want to be proposed to. Um, and for me, it was because I wanted us to be in conversation about it, about every aspect of our relationship. And he was more than on board with that. Um, and then also because that tradition is like, it's actually funny the more you get into like engagements and marriage, the more you realize that so much of it is patriarchal. <laughs> like there are just so many things that we're having to be like, wait, we don't want to do it like that. Cause we don't believe in, you know, in that. Um, and so we decided that it would be a conversation between us and we decided to plan out a day to get engaged. Um, and really it was so fun cause we got to like plan it together and, I just, I don't like surprises anyway. Like, they just stress me out. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't want it to be a surprise. Like, I just want us to plan a day and have a day, just us together, um, and have a conversation about being married, you know. And we've talked about it a ton before anyway. So, like, leading up to the actual engagement, we had just already talked about it, obviously. Mm. Um, and then instead of me getting an engagement ring, um, we decided to set a budget for each other and pick out gifts like for each other um and so and the reason for that was because you know engagement rings um let's, okay so just the meaning behind them we don't agree with um because they are supposed to be like a symbol of like the the man like marking the woman like kind of i've won my prize sort of thing or i don't know like it's kind of like the male, like, claiming the woman as, like, his. Like, he, like, conquered her. It's just very, like, dominating language and dominating, like, mindsets behind those kinds of traditions. And I just didn't want that to be in our relationship. And he didn't want that to be in our relationship. Um, and so we set a budget. And then I got him a watch. And he got me um, two pairs of earrings. 
Um, and actually, I'm wearing these little pearls. He got them for me. Oh, lovely. And, yeah, thank you. They're just, like, simple and cute, and I like them a lot. Um, and then he got me, like, a nicer pair of earrings that are just really beautiful. Um, and then we had a picnic on the day of our engagement. We had a picnic and exchanged our gifts um, and just, you know, asked each other to marry one another, um, which is really sweet. Like, it was just, it was really beautiful, and mm. I felt very, um, I don't know. I, I felt like I was being given an opportunity to do something that a lot of girls just don't have the opportunity to do. Because um, most girls don't get to say, you know, will you marry me too? <laughs> like, it's, it's always the guy asking that question. And so we asked each other that question. Um, and then we, um, let's see. And then we went downtown Fort Worth, which is where we're both from. And we just took pictures and had a fun day with one of my friends who was like our little behind the scene photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then afterwards we went to a restaurant to celebrate with our families. And we told them ahead of time and we just had drinks and food and just took more pictures and, um, we were engaged and now we're planning a wedding and it's, it's so much fun and it's just really happy. Um, and there are already ways that we're having to do things a little differently because we just don't, you know, we just, we're not traditional people and we just want our relationship to reflect our values, um, and the things that we believe in. So, and he's great and I'm very thankful to have found him because I don't think a lot of guys would, would be super on board with, I don't know. They're just they're they're hard to find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that's really really challenging. I mean the whole the whole thing. I mean to be honest, it's some of those things that you just don't think about, aren't they? Like the the engagement ring. You know, it's like even like most even even most feminists that I that I know of wouldn't wouldn't have a problem with a, with a, with an engagement ring. You know, and and okay. it's actually interesting. When I I didn't know that history of what the engagement ring actually originally symbolised, you know, because obviously you romanticise things like that, don't you? And it's all like in Hollywood and it's like, you know, it's like, and some women actually like it, you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not in a relationship or married or anything like that, you know, so I still got, I still got this to come if it, if it ever happens to me. And, um, and, and it, it just gives me it like, as a guy, especially kind of, and somebody who, who is very passionate about equality and about, you know, and it's like essentially a feminist, you know, and um, and doesn't want to kind of live out those old patriarchal values. Yeah, um, well, it's yeah. that kind of thing is quite challenging, you know, especially if, for example, yeah. if I ended up dating somebody who was a feminist but actually wanted me to give them an engagement ring, you know, that would again, it's like you know, it's it's a whole load of conversations that you have to have that maybe you don't have to have, you wouldn't have to have otherwise, you know. Yeah, and, well, and I think, you know, what you said about you just don't think about it a lot of times, I think that's really true. Like, I think people just, you don't question the way things have always been, you know? You just kind of assume, well, that's how things are. Um, and, and I will say, too, I, I think what it really comes down to is, like, the reason why you're doing something. So, you know, we have friends who have gotten engagement rings. And, um, and they just redefine those meanings or, uh, we had a couple who just got engaged, like a friend, friends of ours and they got each other rings. And I thought that was really cool. Like yeah, they I just think that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so 
there, you know, that's the thing is there are so many different ways to do it, but I think you just have to think about the meaning behind them. Um, or, or like another example is for the wedding, um, I asked my dad to walk me down the aisle. And I, I thought about that a lot because that also is a patriarchal tradition um, where the meaning used to be that, um, you know, the, the bride was being given away. And a lot of times, and this still happens in other countries, um, for exchange of the girl, there's, there's like a price, there's, you know, maybe like cattle or something that's being traded. Mm. Um, or it's kind of saying like that the woman is being owned and that she's going from one, from the possession of one male to like another. Mm, yeah. And I just, I told my dad, I was like, you know, I just, I don't want to be handed off cause I'm, I'm not like property, you know, I'm not, mm. no one like owns me. And, um, and so the way that we've done that is, well, so, and then, I was really conflicted because I do have a relationship with my dad and I'm very close to him um, and wanted him to walk with me because of that relationship, not because he owns me, but because we love each other very much and he's my daddy. (laughs) And, uh, and so for us, we're just redefining that like tradition and he is walking me down the aisle, but he's not handing me off because I'm not a cow. (laughs) Exactly. Um, and yeah, so I just think it's about the meaning behind them and, and it is hard to realize that like some practices do have really awful meanings behind them because people just don't know those things a lot of the time. Um, but I guess that's why you talk about them like we're doing and kind of raise that awareness, I guess. But, so, I mean, how, I mean, how, are there any other kind of, I mean, like in terms of planning your wedding, are there any kind of things apart outside the, um your father, you know, the giving away, whatever, that you've talked about. Have you thought about anything else on that, 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 you know, that might seem obvious to all of us, like, you know, who go to weddings or don't know what weddings are like, that that's going to be kind of different about your your wedding? Yeah, we, we're still, it's still a ways away, so we're still in conversation about a lot of things, like how we want to do them. Um, but one thing that we have considered is, um, like, setting aside time in the ceremony to wash each other's feet. Um, and part of that is because we're Christians and so we, we just want to present that image as reflective of what we believe and like what our relationship stands for, which is to serve one another in love as Christ served us and washed his disciples feet. Um, and so we're still, we're still deciding if we want to do that mainly because I'm not sure if my dress can, uh, <laughs> will allow us to do that. <laughs> we'll see. I really want to, so we're gonna try to fit that in. But um one thing that I I had to think about was if I was going to wear like a white dress, um, because that also has patriarchal backgrounds and um you know, traditionally the bride is supposed to wear white because she's pure and it's it's sort of a symbol of like or it is a symbol of virginity and so um and uh, let's see, this is kind of hard to explain in like a summarized form, but <laughs> I guess the reason why I had a problem with that is because the girl is required to have sexual purity, but the guy is not like, why doesn't the guy have to wear white, you know? Yeah. And, um, and there's just a lot we could say on that, but I guess in a nutshell, that was kind of my problem with that. Um, 
and I decided our colors are white and gold. Um, and so my dress is actually white and gold. <laughs> and it's not because we're making a statement about like virginity, but it's just because I like white and gold. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, it's just a preference thing. And um, what else? We asked um, one of our professors to marry us, who we both just look up to a lot. And he's mentored Dylan, and he, he taught my preaching class, and he's just a really great guy. Um, but we met with him last week to kind of tell him, this is what we don't want. Um, we don't want anything about, like, gender roles, nothing about, like, sexist stereotypes. Um, we told him that... Like, we didn't want it to seem like Dylan was, like, the leader or the head of the relationship and that I was, like, following or um, behind him or underneath him in any way because that's just not who we are and that's not what we believe. Um, and that actually is something that people ask us all the time <laughs> mm. is, like, well, who's the leader? Like, who's who's the head? And we have never had a leader or a head. Um, one, because that to us just places one person above another um and we believe that we're a team that we're side by side um but also because there really just is no head like we do everything together we make decisions together we pray together we're in conversation together um and and we're a team we're not we're not like a business or any sort of hierarchy with one person above another um so that's, that's something that we're intentional about is just telling the man who's officiating us um, what we want and don't want. Because I've just, we've both gone to so many weddings where that's, you know, that's the language around the, the couple is, you know, will you submit to this person? Will you leave this person? And it just is not reflective of who we are or what we believe. So I can't think, I'm trying to think of anything else though. Um, not sure. I'll let you know if anything else comes up, because I'm sure. Well, it's interesting you talk about the headship thing there, because, I, you know, again, we mentioned Sarah Batty, but I, she talked about this um, really well. In the, again, there's no kind of, like, one head of there. Of, in, her, in her marriage, there's no head. Like, sometimes one person will take the lead on something, sometimes another per- the other person will. It just depends on the situation and the circumstances and stuff like that. But ultimately, that Jesus is the head, you know, of their marriage. That they orient everything around Jesus, that he's kind of the guy that, the one that leads them on and governs what they do and guides them and informs all their decisions, you know. And I think that's a really good... I mean, personally, I, I, I love that model of kind of... Of, of Christian relationship, of, of marriage, of Christian marriage, you know, and that's, uh, that's that seems to me, anyway, to be a much more Christian feminist kind of view of marriage, you know, a much more equal view of marriage, um, rather than the kind of old-fashioned, oh, the man's the head and this kind of thing, which, you know, is just... I don't, I don't agree with, and you know, obviously isn't 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 feminist and isn't. I don't think it's. No. I don't. I don't think it's Christian actually. I don't think it's Christian actually, to be perfectly honest, um, because I don't think. And yeah, I mean, we talk about. I mean, we could, we could get a whole have a whole conversation about marriage, but um, because yeah. biblical mar- people talk about the models of biblical marriage, and it's like this is this model of biblical marriage. But if you actually look at the Bible, there's loads of different examples of ways people got reasons people got married in the bible it's like endless examples of biblical marriage 
and there used to be like this rule of there used to be a rule. I think there used to be a rule about you had to marry your brother's wife if your, your brother died or something like that. And like and like there were like lots of like Old Testament men had like more than one wife. David had about five or six wives, and yeah. like and Solomon had about three hundred. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like don't know how many do in a marriage yeah and he also had 700 um uh, concubines or whatever didn't he as well on top of that so um yeah he was um yeah he got he got a bit out of control but um but yeah this, and and of course mar- and even in the old test even in the new testament marriage was kind of a business arrangement it was kind of you know a, a, a guy would give away his daughter to another to another guy and they were both pretty much teenagers and you know he would take her into his home and he'd go into the family business and <laughs> and she she'd have children and that that was basically it you know it was it wasn't yeah. anything like we talk about it now you know um oh, yeah it's definitely not really that that uh similar to modern day <laughs> no not at all just, you know yeah. and i think i've had to learn that like how to contextualize the bible and how to how to discern like what is still relatable and relevant and what's maybe just cultural um yeah. yeah, especially in the New Testament, because that's a lot of the passages that people go yeah. to and they'll use and they'll say, well, but this says this, so why don't y'all follow that? And there, there are a ton of ways to answer those questions, <laughs> but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing of the Bible is I've, I've been learning in the last year or so is um, the Bible, well, the word Bible means library. The word Bible means library. It's a library of books written by different people at different times in history to different audiences for different reasons. And it's not one book and it wasn't written as one book. And, you know, you always have to look at the context and the language and everything like that. And, and I think you get a lot more out of the Bible when you do that. And it becomes a much, a much different book and, and actually it makes kind of God bigger and you see how God's been changing people through history and it's kind of, it's a very encouraging, actually, you know, when you look at that. Um, so. it, it really is. It's, it's yeah, because then you're able to say, even though cultures change and our modern world is pretty different than the, you know, ancient Greco-Roman world, like, God is still working and still able to work. <laughs> yeah. And, like, our relationships today, yeah, it's very encouraging. I agree. So, just to kind of round this off, like, I mean... You're somebody who writes about feminism and practices it very clearly in your own life, and it's very passionate about this kind of um, this thing and being an advocate for it and being encouraging to others. You know, I mean, your blog's really, really encouraging, and I advise all of you to check it out. It's really, really great, and there's so much great stuff in there. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so, have you got any kind of words of encouragement for people for kind of other? women especially, you know, who um, who believe what you do, maybe, or are struggling with kind of wanting to believe what you do and are kind yeah. of fighting, are kind of right in the midst of that, maybe in difficult marriages or churches which aren't, you know, which don't believe this stuff and, um, but who love Jesus and want to live like Jesus and want to practice their faith uh, in a feminist kind of way, but are kind of really struggling. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think a lot of people are discouraged because they're they're Christians and they want to, you know, maybe be feminists with this example. Um, they want to 
believe different things than they've always been taught, but they don't know how to like reconcile the scriptures or they don't know how to be vocal in church or whatever. And I would just say, um, don't be afraid to like wrestle with those things. Cause I had, I mean, my freshman, sophomore years of college was so much wrestling and it was, it was hard sometimes cause I didn't feel like people had answers for me and I didn't feel like, um, a lot of people were thinking the same way that I was like until I found really Rachel held and saved mm. my faith. I think in a lot of ways <laughs> because she was asking, she's great. She, mm. she asks the hardest questions and she does not shy away from them. And I just appreciate that so much because those are like the real honest questions that, that especially people my age are asking. And I just think we have to be bold and asking those questions and then asking you know, well, why does Paul say this about women? Are there other ways to consider this? Like, are there other ways to study this? And don't be afraid to ask those questions. Um, and I think, you know, if, if you're asking those questions and you're not finding, um, support like in church or maybe even in your relationship, I would, I would try to find support somewhere because there are people, there are people who have wrestled with these questions before. Like I'm not the first feminist to to wrestle with the bible <laughs> no. uh, thankfully <laughs> there are other people who have done it before me and i think you just have to find people who are in those places too and who will not be afraid of those questions um and i think also you have to you have to believe in your this sounds cheesy but i'm really serious <laughs> you have to just believe in yourself um someone actually told me this weekend um dylan and i were eating lunch with a wonderful couple who they're, they're older than us and have gone through ministry, gone through studying the Bible at um, universities. And they just told us that you have to get to a point of believing that you have gifts and believing that you can do things. And you have to, like, it might be hard, but you have to accept that you actually are able um, and that God is working in you and that God can work in you and that God wants to work in you. Um, and that can be hard. I think a lot of girls are afraid to admit that sometimes, or maybe they, you know, you have a girl that wants to be a preacher, but she's only ever seen men preach. And so she doesn't think that she can, Hmm. but you know, at home she's writing sermons and, and preaching to her stuffed animals. Hmm. It's like, you have to believe that you can do those things. Um, and just know that there there are people who are going to foster that environment for you. Um, yeah. And then I think reading too, like just read books, <laughs> read so many books because there are so many wonderful authors who are giving resources for people who are searching for them. And um, I think reading has allowed me to find other perspectives that has just opened my, my worldview and opened my mind so much. Um, and it's also affirmed thoughts that I've already had. It's, you know, it's affirmed me in saying like, Oh yeah, this makes sense. Like maybe these doubts or questions that I've had or are reflected in this book or this writing. And, um, yeah, I think it's about wrestling with these things in community. However, that looks like, finding other people to wrestle through them. And, um, and for me, it was a lot of prayer also because, um, that is how I get, um, 
just such discernment, I think, is just honestly bringing my my fears and my doubts and my questions and my thoughts <laughs> to, you know, just on my knees, face down, just pouring them out <laughs> um, mm. and allowing God to work in those ways. Mm, that's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. Thank you. And really, yeah. really good talking to you today. I really, really appreciate you sharing and so much wisdom and um, a great story as well. And um, I think it'll be really encouraging to a lot of people, and even to guys like me as well. I think, I think us, I think us guys need to hear this as much as women do. I think because we need to. I yeah. think there's a lot. I think I think there's a lot of guys who are like me who are really passionate about gender equality and. Um, Sure, but yeah. we but we struggle to navigate it, and I think um, because obviously we're not in the midst of it, we're not the people that are on the end of it, kind of in a sense, you know, we're not. Um, so we and but we want to understand it, and I think hopefully, you know, certainly I've learnt a lot um, today just talking to you, and um, I hope a lot of other people will as well. So thank you for coming on, and we'll definitely have you back at some point as well. So That's so fun! Thank you for asking me too. <laughs> it was fun to Skype you all the way in London too. <laughs> Yeah, I know it's cool, isn't it? Like, yeah, I love doing that because most of the interviews that I'm that I'm doing on this are kind of like international calls, you know. So um, it's yeah. it's awesome. There's an eight-hour time difference. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay, well that's um, that's great. So uh, thank you, Lauren, and uh, take care, everyone. And I will I will speak to you all soon. Okay. Thank. You.